We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone and welcome back to this episode of Manifest with Tori De Simone. Surprise! This episode has come an entire week early. Um, in last week's episode, I said that this like running episode about my half marathon was going to come next Monday, but I'm recording this the day after my half marathon. So I'm recording this um, November twenty first. And I ran it yesterday, Saturday, November uh, November 20th. So it's going to go up on the 29th, which is today when you guys are listening to it. So guys, I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you celebrate, um, yep, I guess that's that because I haven't had Thanksgiving yet. So I don't have anything to report back on yet because I'm recording this in advance, like I said. But today we're going to talk all about my half marathon, which is easily been my most requested episode ever. And it is so awesome that so many people want to hear about this topic and that so many people are like invested in my running journey. And it's so crazy because I remember saying on the podcast, like, oh, I'm going to run a half marathon. And even when I said that, I was so unsure if I was actually going to do it just because it was a distance that really scared me. 
And I was not a runner at all. When I said that, like my first run that I did was two miles. And I remember I had a side stitch for the second half of the run, which is a mile. So I had a side stitch for the entire last mile. I was so out of breath. I was so hot and I was just so not about it. And I remember I like got done that run. And I was like, oh my God, that was really hard. And I have 11.1 more to go of that if I'm going to do a half marathon. So to be completely honest, I did not think I would run this run. And I did not think that I would get to race day and actually run the race. Um, I just thought it would be like I'd see people run it on Instagram and be like, oh, I was supposed to do that, but I didn't. So first off, I'm just very proud of myself that I did the race and that I've enjoyed the journey of it. I will get into all of that, but it's crazy that, you know, I just sort of announced that I was doing this half marathon and now the marathon is come and gone and everyone wants to hear about it, which is so exciting. And I've been hyping up this episode for a while now saying that like, I will tell you guys my training schedule, my split, like the full thing in this episode once it was, once it was done. Um, but first just super, super quick before we get into the episode, was no one going to tell me that Brett, aka Carly Bible's ex-boyfriend, was on season eight of Vanderpump Rules. No one wanted to tell me that. I just got to season eight literally this morning of Vanderpump Rules. Like after the marathon yesterday, I came home and I like barely slept because I don't know, like, I don't know. I just wasn't very tired. I slept for like 20 minutes. I don't know. So I finished season seven Vanderpump Rules, went to bed woke up this morning, was watching the first episode, season eight, drinking my coffee before I did this episode. And I see this guy that looks so familiar. I'm like, who is that? Like, I know I know him. And then his name Brett came on the the title slide. You know that it's our time. That, that one. And I was like, oh my God. No one wanted to tell me that Brett was on Better Pump Rules. I don't know if he's still on the show because I'm literally just on episode one, but dude, like crazy. So crazy. Um, that was so weird seeing him on the on the show. Anyway, I just had to I had to talk about it with someone because no one else watches Vanderpump Rules and no one really knows who Brett is, but I feel like you guys do because we're all YouTube people at the end of the day. Anyway, okay. Let's get on to the marathon. So the marathon was yesterday. And for those that don't know, I ran the Philadelphia half marathon, which is 13.1 miles. And like I said in the beginning, like a half marathon is something that I truly never thought in my whole life that I would run, which is so funny because I've mentioned time and time again on this uh, show that like I used to run a lot more. I used to do like I ran Broad Street when I was 12, which was a 10 mile run or a 10 mile race. And that was like the farthest I've ever run was 10 miles when I was 12. So, and then after that I would do like cross country at school and stuff. And then I stopped running in like eighth grade. And I, ever since I was like, I don't like running, I'm not good at it. So I haven't like ever really run since. Like there would be a couple times where I'd like one off go on runs. And like, I remember during like quarantine when I was living in Philly, I just went out one day and ran like six miles, super random of me. But, and that was really hard. Like on the way back, I was like, man, that kind of sucked. So I would do like very random one-off runs every now and then. Um, 
And in the beginning of this year, actually, I tried to like run every day and I was running like a mile. And I remember the first time I went out for a run this year, um, like I think it was in like January or something. I went out for a run. I was like, all right, I'll probably do like two or three miles. And I was at like the half mile mark and I was like, man, I'm just going to turn around. So I went home and did a mile. So then I was just doing a mile every day and uh, I started to feel really good. And then I just stopped and then I never started up again. So running was something that I just never really felt like I was all that good at. Like I was like, you know, I always loved runners. I respected runners and I always wished that I could do that, but it just wasn't ever something that I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a runner one day. But the half marathon was yesterday and it was the coolest experience ever. It was so cool. So let, first, let me just say that like there are every single kind of runner there. There are people that will walk the course. There are people that will run the whole course. There are people that are trying to qualify for like races, like the elite runners, like, you know, they get done in like an hour. When I'm on mile five, they're done. So like there's every single walk of life, all ages. There was like a 10-year-old running in my corral. There were 80-year-olds running in my corral, running the whole race. Like it is really cool just to see every single walk of life in a half marathon. And it also just made me feel really good when running because like there were just, it, it's just like nice to see that like everyone can do this. And like running is such an inclusive sport where it doesn't matter how you look, what what age you are, how in shape or out of shape you are. Like if you can put one foot in front of the other and just keep going, you can run this race. And it's it was just a really, really cool experience to see was being with all these runners. Um, and there would be times where like we would, I say we, because me and um, Brandy, who was like my running partner and we ran the race together, um, we would like stop and talk with people and it was, it was just, it was super fun and super, super cool. But my favorite part of the race was all the people that just cheer. Um, so the way that the Philly marathon, half marathon is set up is that when you, it's all like pretty much centered around the art museum is when you stop and finish. So like a giant circle from the art museum. So if you're familiar with Philly, like you'll start at the art museum and for about the first mile, there's people cheering and then it kind of like trails off as you get down towards like South Philly and you're by the, you're by the river. And then, um, once you kind of pull back onto South street in South Philly for about mile, like four to seven, there's just people cheering the whole time and that to me was my favorite part of the race it was super super fun right there like everyone has a sign and like the signs were so funny so I was just like reading the signs and like you have your name on your bib so people would yell like go Tori go Brandy go da 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 and even if they don't know you and just hearing that is just like so fun and it's so cool and then like, you know, people would see their friends in the race and then they cheer really loud. And there was a girl by us for about a half mile that it was her birthday and she was wearing a birthday sash. So everyone was like, happy birthday. And, you know, it was just super, super cool to see people cheering on the sidelines. And I had friends and family go down. So when I would see them um, throughout the race, 
like on the sidelines cheering. Like I saw them at the start. I saw them at about mile six and mile seven. And then I saw them at the finish. It was just awesome to see people like throughout the race, like cheering specifically for you. And it was just super, super, super cool. Like the energy during races is just awesome. Like people are just excited and people are happy and people are just like there to be so supportive. And it was so cute. Like there was, um, this would happen a lot, but there was like this one couple that stood out in particular, but we're running on, I think it was South street in Philly. And there was a couple that like just came out of their house was sitting on their stoop with like their cup of coffee, just like watching the race. And I'm like, that's so cool. Um, it w- it was just so, so much fun. It was so cool. Everyone kept saying like race day is going to fly by. And I was kind of dreading it a little bit because when I ran 12 miles two weeks ago, actually two weeks ago today, I ran my 12 miles to prepare for my 13. And that was the farthest I've ever run. My body was completely wrecked after that, completely wrecked. Like it took about a good 48 hours for my legs to even feel somewhat normal again. And like my whole body hurt, like my head hurt, my legs hurt, my back hurt, my like everything hurt. And that's really what I was most nervous about was like having to feel that kind of like hurt again, where I'm just like, oh God, I really like, I just don't want to hurt anymore. So going into this race, knowing that I'm going to run that same distance, but now just another mile, it wasn't like, could I do the distance? Because I I totally knew that I could, but I was just so nervous about the the hurt after. I was just anticipating how how much pain I would be in after. And that was like the one thing that like was holding me back from the run and that I was kind of dreading it because I was like, fuck, like I really know this is going to hurt my body afterwards. Um, But on the way down, like I just kept thinking about how I'm going to run it because when I would train at home, I never like I would normally run on trails here at home and I never liked running super far from my car. So like when we did our 12 mile run two weeks ago, we did three out, three back, got a water break at the car and then three out, three back the other way. And then that was 12 miles. So I was only ever three miles away from my car. Now with that, you always have like this split mentality of like, all right, three out, three back, then we're halfway there, three out, three back, then we're done. Now with this, this wasn't like a split mentality. It was essentially just like a giant loop. So I knew that like mile five, for example, I wasn't like halfway out or I wasn't turning around at any point. Like it was just like a straight shot for me. And that was the first time I've ever run like a straight shot long distance. So that's what I was like, wow, like, am I going to feel at mile seven? Like I have X amount of miles to go. And I can confidently say that that thought literally never crossed my mind once. The race went so fast and everyone told me it would go so fast And I was like, yeah, whatever, however fast 13 miles can go. But seriously, like it was like a mile a minute, literally. Like every, like as soon as we hit our first mile, Brandy and I were like, oh my God, that literally felt like two minutes. Then we hit our second mile and we're like, wow, this is going so fast. I remember hitting mile five and just being like, this is absolutely flying by. And, you know, mile five is when all the people are cheering for you. Like it just flew by. The first half of the race was super simple. Everyone was cheering pretty much the whole time. Um, And it was very flat. The whole course was flat. If anything, there were like downhills and very, very, very flat. Also, I want to note that the weather was absolutely beautiful. 
Um, it was freezing when we first started. I think it was like actually freezing at 32 degrees. And, you know, the guys on the loudspeaker, like at the start line kept saying like, what a beautiful day for a race. Meanwhile, my pinky toes are literally numb and I think they're going to fall off. And I'm like, how are people saying this is a beautiful day for a race? It is so cold out. Um, so what I wore was, um, I wore in movement leggings. I wore, um, Hoka Clifton eight shoes. And then I did like tall white socks to cover my ankles cause my, cause my ankles get really cold. And then I wore a Lululemon Swifty, uh, I think that's what they're called, like a long sleeve shirt. And then I had like a stride quarter zip that I put on over top of that. And then I had like an, a stride Under Armour jacket on top of that, like a full zip. And then I did like a headband thing to cover my ear. So like, what's that, an ear warmer? And then I wore my hair in like a long braided ponytail that was at like the base of my head so I could put it like through my my ear warmer thing so that's like pretty much what I wore and when we first started I wore a pair of sweatpants that I got at Walmart that I could like take off once we were about to go down the start um, because they donate all the clothes that are like left behind from runners to the homeless so I was like all right that's a good idea so I'll just like bring like a, a pair of like sweats that um, I'll just like leave at the start and that'll be donated We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that I've been able to use it for all of my businesses across uh, the last few years, and it's been really amazing. What I love the most is that I'm able to put down like exactly what it is that I want on Indeed and the candidates that match that get sent right to me. And then the hard part actually becomes narrowing down which ones are the best for me because they all are exactly what I'm looking for. And then it really just comes down to like, which do I vibe with the best? And that's honestly pretty hard to choose from. But Indeed makes it really easy for me to find really good quality candidates that find exactly what I'm looking for instantly. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. 
Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy to EMF management and circadian friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want a sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. So that's what I did. It, that did keep me really warm. Um, but as soon as I started running, um, everything was fine. Like if anything, I was hot. Like I shed my jacket. When I saw my parents at mile like six, I gave them my jacket. Um, and then I like took it back at the at the finish because I was like really cold at the finish. So then I just put it right back on. Um, but like during the run, like I was like hot at times. But I, I ran the whole time in like the quarters. I put the shirt underneath. And I think when I got done, the temperature was like 42 degrees out and like not a cloud in the sky. It was picture perfect weather yesterday. Like it was absolutely beautiful. Um, it was so funny though, because at the start, there are like multiple corrals. So the race started at seven, but I think we started running around like 7.45, I want to say is when we started running. Um, and I, Brandy and I were in different corrals, but we're like, let's just go in a corral together. So I was in gray, she was in blue, but we ended up starting in purple. And when we were in the purple corral, no one was purple. Like everyone was wearing like green or blue or gray or like just a bunch of different color bibs. I don't really think it even mattered. But when we were in our corral, we're like, man, when do we start? And all of a sudden, like you hear like the horn go off, but like, I didn't know what, what corral we were in or what corral was starting when. But all of a sudden, I had to start seeing people like run. I'm like, oh my God, it's our turn. So we just start running. Like we had no idea the race even like started. 
so we started running and we like started our garments and we're like, okay, here we go. And then that's just like, I think that also helped with like, wow, this race is flying by because we never even anticipated the start. Um, that was another thing. I, w- I wasn't nervous ever. Um, and I think it's because I just went into the mentality like this is just another run that I'm about to do. Like I've been training for this and like it's just another run. And like quitting wasn't an option. Like I wasn't not going to do the race. I wasn't not going to not finish. Like I knew I was going to finish. So I was never nervous. I was just very excited to experience it. And I knew it would be a really cool experience. And I knew I'd be really proud of myself when I was done. So for me, there was nothing to be nervous about. I wasn't qualifying. I wasn't trying to hit like a record time or anything. I was just so excited and just so happy to be doing the run. And so, yeah, I never felt nervous. But anyway, that was a very long tangent. But Back to what I was saying, the first half, um, which I guess would, would would be about like the first like six and a half, seven miles of it was all incredibly flat. Like I said, even downhill at points, but very, very, very flat. Now, everyone told me to get hill work in because like there were like two miles of this race that were pretty much all uphill. Um, and that is true. The second half of the course, like the back half of the race, pretty much all hills, like up and down, up and down, but like definitely up. And when you end, you go up a hill and I was just like, oh my God. So the hills definitely got to me because like I said, I trained a lot on trails. So I never really was training on hills. Um, and every time I meant to, I'm just like, oh, it's okay. Like I'll do it on race day anyway. So I don't need to train for it. Like I know I'm going to do it. So uh, anyway, but like, you know, I did it. I got it. And the adrenaline of everyone else like really, really helped. Um, So that was really cool. But it was definitely very hilly. Like the back half of that course was incredibly hilly. Um, And that was not the most fun to encounter. And also there, like people stopped like cheering at the second half just because there weren't like a lot of spots for pedestrians to really like stand and cheer. It was just more so like the city was blocked off. So, you know, we we're running over like bridges and down like this really um, busy road called Kelly Ave or Kelly Drive. I forget. I think it's Kelly Drive. Um, we were like running all through that and that's not really where like pedestrians can like stand and like cheer. So there weren't, there wasn't anyone cheering. So from mile like seven to mile 12, there was like pretty much no one cheering, just like a couple people here and there, which was nice to see them. And then mile 12 would hit. And then obviously you have one more mile to go. And then at about the last half mile, that's when you see everyone again and everyone's cheering again. It was so funny though, because when we hit mile 12, I was like, I feel like we're really far from the art museum. Like we were still on Kelly Drive and I was like, I really just don't feel like we're anywhere near the end of this race. Uh, But then all of a sudden you just hear everyone cheering and then everyone's like, you're so close, half a mile, like da, da, da. And then all of a sudden, like you just cross the finish line and you're done. It was, it was the fastest run of my life. It looked like thinking back, I barely remember it. It felt like five minutes long, but it was the coolest experience ever. It was so cool. And like, I I just felt like I had so much like compassion and empathy for people. Like I would see people and on the back of their shirts would be like running for my dad or in loving memory of so-and-so. And I'm just like, oh, like these people are just like doing it for a greater cause than themselves. And it was just such, it was so, so fun. And like, there was this one girl that was running, um, in front of Brandy and I around like mile four and she was just so cute. She was like coaching herself and she was like, I'm so proud of you. Keep going. You got this like to herself talking out loud. And I was like shedding a tear, like just so cute. Like you just see so many walks of life. And it was just, 
it was such a fun experience. It was so, so, so cool. You see so many people. Um, I ran into my friends a couple of times throughout the course, which was super cool. We, we made friends along the course and it just went so fast. Um, my favorite part, well, besides all the people cheering, is that there's water breaks um, and like water stops. I, whenever I train, and that was always my biggest thing, like when I was younger too, is that I just get so thirsty when I run. Like Brandy is the opposite. She gets so hungry when she runs. I get so thirsty when I run. And during training, like we would never really have like water breaks. But when we did the 12, we did three out, three back, water, three out, three back, done. But here there were water stops and dude, water stops are the best thing ever. Every time there was a water stop, we took it. Um, and I would always take two cups of water, chug them and then keep going. It is the best to have water stops. Um, there was Gatorade there, but I didn't take Gatorade just because I never like trained with Gatorade. And everyone tells you like, don't do anything different on race day than you do than you do during training. So I didn't want to take the Gatorade in case it like would upset my stomach. I don't know. I just, I'm such a water person when I, when I run anyway, it's like the only thing I crave. So I took the water. It was awesome. I think there were like five, five or six water stops, um, which was really great. And like every time I was like, man, I could really use a water stop. There was one. So the water break was awesome. And that was like, I don't know. I think that's like the second best part of races just because I don't have water when I train. So having like water stops during a race is the freaking best. But seriously, it was like, it was amazing. And then I got like, when you're done, you get like the, uh, what's, I don't even know what it's called. It's like plastic. I don't know, like a plastic wrap, but it's like Philadelphia half marathon and you get a medal and there's like bananas. It was so cool. Um, overall, I had a really great run. Um, my time was two hours and 22 minutes and my split was a 1054 pace per mile. And we just had the best time ever, dude. We were just cruising, running, loving it, having like literally the best time ever. Um, and what I kept hearing about, okay. So right before the race, I would, I listened to this episode of the Nick Bear, uh, podcast with this girl I forget her name but like the title of the episode is like into the pain into the pain cave or something like that and they talk about how like their legs hurt when they run ultra marathons I'm talking like 100 200 300 plus mile races and here I am comparing it to my 13.1 half marathon but they're talking about like how their legs hurt and how the girl I think her name's Courtney but I I don't remember how she said that like sh- her first ultra she stopped because her legs hurt. And then she said that she didn't realize that like everyone's legs hurt and that it's really just like a mental coaching thing. So going into this and coming off of my 12 when my legs were really hurting, I knew that like my legs were going to hurt and that I was going to be in pain. But whenever my legs start to hurt, um, I just kept checking in on myself like, okay, how do my heart and lungs feel? which the answer was good. My heart and lungs always felt good. Um, I never really felt that out of breath. I never felt like my heart rate was like anything obscenely high. I don't even know what my heart rate was. I should probably look at it, but it was never super high. I always had my breath. I, my heart and lungs the entire time felt amazing. Like heart and lungs, I could have ran the full marathon. Legs on the other hand, no way. Brain totally could have ran the full marathon. Like I felt really good. I was super positive the whole time. 
it was never like, oh, I wish we're almost done. I was just like, no, soaking it all in. Like, this is amazing. I'm so glad I'm running this. I'm so grateful to have this experience. Like it was, it was such a joy. It was such a fun race. It really, really was. Um, so heart and lungs felt good the whole time. Legs were hurting. And I kept thinking about that episode where they're like, everyone's legs hurt. So I'm like, all right, everyone's legs hurt. So this is normal. I'm just going to, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to think about it just because I know I'm not the only one that feels like this. And Brandy and I ran the whole time without music, which I'll get into in a little bit in this episode. But we ran like without music, no headphones in, like nothing. So we were just like listening and talking and like eavesdropping on other people. And whenever other people would talk to whoever they were running with, I would hear the exact same thing. Heart and lungs felt good, but legs were gone. Everyone said that like their hips, their knees, their shins, their ankles, blah, blah, blah. Their legs are just tired. Um, And hearing that from everyone felt really reassuring because I'm like, all right, we're literally just all in this together. Like everyone's legs hurt. That's going to be a given, but heart and lungs feel good and running's about the heart and lungs. So I felt really good respiratory wise. Legs, on the other hand, not so good. So my, my, um, I, people say hip flexors, but I don't know if they're actually hip flexors. The part on, it's like the inside of your leg, like way up by like genital area, I guess, where your leg literally feels like it connects to your body. Like if you were like a Barbie doll, you could snap that part out of your leg. Like that part of my, my legs, like my inner hips, I guess started hurting around mile three. And I was like, Oh, God, it's going to be like, I'm going to really feel this at mile 12 if they're already hurting at mile three. So um, I knew that I would be sore there for sure, because when I would do long runs, anything past six, I would start to feel that in my legs. So I was like expecting it around mile six, but it came early yesterday. So mile three, I started to feel it and I was like, oh, God. But you know what? Like it didn't matter. I was going to finish anyway, so I shouldn't just give all this attention to it. So I just kept going. It honestly didn't bother me. Um, Like I totally started to notice it. Like picking up my feet felt heavier and heavier the more the miles packed on. Like around mile nine is really when I remember like my, my feet weren't coming off the ground as high as they were around like mile four or five or one or two. And I was like, okay, I should really start to like emphasize to pick up my feet more. So when that would happen, what I would do is just tighten my lower core and kind of bring my knees in more and my, my legs would just go up a little bit higher. So, um, so rather than like a shuffling motion, I was just like actively picking up my feet a little bit more, even though my legs were, even though my hips were hurting, I was just like using my core a little bit more with it. So that's what I was doing that whenever that would hurt. And then mile 11, my left hamstring was like getting tight and I've never had a cramp, a leg cramp on a run before. So I was like, okay, this is interesting, but I'm just going to keep going and deal with it at the end. So when I finished, I assumed that my hamstring would be totally cramped up, but it wasn't and it was totally fine. Uh, But that was the first time I felt like it felt like a little baby cramp during a race. And I've never even felt that during a run. So I was like, this should be interesting, but ended up being totally fine. It was totally nothing. Um, a lot of runners would like stop at the porta potties and go to the bathroom and stretch. I noticed that a lot. And Brady and I were like, should we be doing that? But we never felt the need to. So we just kept going. Um, 
And yeah, it was, it was pretty seamless. Other than that, like that was the only thing I really felt during the run. My legs just got super, super heavy around mile. Like it was really mile nine is when my legs started to get really heavy, which I expected. Cause when we did our long 12 mile 10, my legs were like, I felt like I had to physically pick one leg up and keep moving it in front of the other. So mile nine. And that was after a lot that was after like two miles of complete uphill. Like I really felt my legs get really, really heavy. Um, but again, it didn't matter. Like heart and lungs felt good. My mind was great, but yeah, my legs were hurting, but it didn't matter. I was going to finish the race anyway. So just keep on going. Um, kept going, kept going. And, oh, this was a weird sensation. I think it was just because it was cold, but my butt cheeks were super numb, but I think it was just because I was cold because when I was wearing my jacket, I took it off around mile like three. I tied it around my waist and then I gave my jacket to my parents at mile six and then that's when my butt started to get numb. So I think it was just cold because my butt today feels like totally fine. So I think I was just cold. So once the race was done, um, like we met up with everyone and then I was just like, all right, we got to keep walking. Like I didn't want to stop and just like sit around and stand still. Like I was like, I am going to keep walking. So we just kept walking back to our car, which felt like about a mile away, maybe a half mile away. I don't know. I can't tell miles after a race, I guess. Um, so it felt like far away. And honestly, the walk back to the car was the hardest part of the entire race because my legs were so heavy, so heavy. And every time we had to like step up on the curb, oh my God, it was like my 13th reason. It hurt so bad because it was just like the, the inner part of my hips hurt really, really bad. So we left the race, drove home, got home and, um, I had a breakfast sandwich. We got home by noon. So it didn't even like, it, it wasn't that long of a day. I woke up at four about 4.15 for it, left the house at about 5.30, got down to Philly at about 6.08, 6.15-ish around then, um, and then walked to the start line, used like the bathrooms, all that sort of stuff, got to our corral at like 7.15. It said the race started at 7, but the, the first wave of people were people in wheelchairs, and they were supposed to go off at 6.55, but they, I think that started at like 6.20. Um, and then the elite runners were next and then all the corrals were there to follow. So, um, anyway, so the race was like a little late, but I, I thought that like, it was going to be like kind of an all day thing. I don't know why I thought that I just did, but I got back home at noon and, um, it was, it was a morning thing. It was very, very quick. Um, that's what, like, that's just what was so surprising to me was how quick this race was. It was so fast. It literally just flew by. Um, it was, it was so awesome. Like if you're even considering running a half marathon or any race, totally do it. It is so much fun. It was such a fun race. So yeah, I got back at around noon. I had a bacon, egg and cheese breakfast sandwich. It was awesome. And then I had a bowl of honey nut cherries with a banana on top. That was awesome. Um, normally on long runs, I'm like not that hungry the day of, but as soon as I started eating, I was ravenous and I just kept eating the whole rest of yesterday. So I was just eating and, eat and eating and I was like, this is awesome. It was so fun. I started watching Yellowstone and then um, I finished Vanderpump Rules and then I ended up going to the movies last night to watch um, Eternals. 
And going to the movies last night and having to walk up six flights of steps was absolutely brutal uh, to get to my seat. To be completely honest, um, I just went to the bathroom very quickly and took a break. So I totally forgot what I just said. Um, But anyway, the marathon was absolutely amazing. um, And it was, oh, I was walking up the steps. Yeah, that definitely hurt to walk up the steps. Um, But and my knees were hurting a little bit yesterday, specifically my left knee was hurting, but I took two ibuprofen and the pain went down, still noticed it, but it wasn't as high. And when I got back from the movies, I went to sleep, woke up, and now I'm recording this episode. So today I definitely feel sore, but I mean like yesterday I was hobbling around my apartment when I got home to like poor Cheerios or like go to the bathroom, like literally hobbling. And today I'm not. Today I'm walking pretty much fine. I definitely feel, you know, a little bit of soreness in my legs, but I am nowhere near as in much pain as I was when I was done my 12 mile run. And I was hoping that would be the case because when I ran eight miles, my, my hips were hurting on the inside, but I was still able to like walk around, move. And then the next time I did eight was in my 12 and like my legs didn't start hurting really until about mile 10. So I had a feeling that I would get like stronger and that this time would be better around. Um, But I'm definitely, you know, I'm definitely sore. I'm not going to go for a run today. Um, But I I feel pretty good. Um, I really do. Like I'm I'm able to walk around. There's an Eagles game today and I honestly want to go to the, to Xfinity, which is like a, a giant sports bar. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a giant sports complex with like multiple bars in it. A lot of people go there for like the games and stuff. So I kind of want to go there today for the game. And I think that says a lot because my legs can do all that. So I feel pretty good today. I, I, I must say my, my lower back hurts a little bit, which is interesting. I think I just wasn't using my core enough. Um, and my, the outside of my hips are a little sore. My knees don't hurt anymore. I totally thought my knees would hurt, but I'm not sore. Like it's not like a thigh soreness or like a quad or a muscle or a hamstring. It's just like I ran and I could tell that I ran, but I feel genuinely pretty good um, overall. And I'm, I'm a surprise, but I do. I feel pretty good today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that was kind of my long-winded, how was the marathon and how am I feeling? And that's the answer. Um, It was a great run. Totally recommend for anyone to do a race. It was super, super fun. So let's go into like the backstory. Why I decided to run a marathon, my running training program, what I actually ended up doing and things that I've learned throughout this whole process. So why I decided to run a marathon? Well, Brandy texted me and was like, hey, do you want to do this with me? And 
I was eating Chick-fil-A and I was like, you know what? Yeah. Because I, I wanted something to train for. And I've been saying that for a couple of years. Like I wanted something to train for. I wanted to have a purpose behind my workouts. So when she asked, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like what's the worst that can happen? We get hot and skinny. I said that as like a joke, but half meant it. So I was like, yeah, like what's the worst that can happen? And that's really the reason behind it. The Another reason behind it was because I knew I hated running and it was something that I've always wanted to like. And it was something that I've always wanted to do. And it was like a bucket list item that was on there, but I knew I would never check it off, but I wanted to. You know what I mean? So when this came up, I was like, all right, let's do it. So I decided to run the half marathon and I was intimidated, but I invested in it. And I've talked about this in other episodes, but what I did was like I went out and bought a Garmin watch, which was $200. I signed up for the race, which was like $100. And I invested in it. Like I said I was going to do it and then I put money towards it. So I was like, all right, well, I don't want to bail now. So I invested in it. And I think that was a really good start. Also, I had Brandy. So, you know, we kind of were like there to mm, like go off one another and hold one another accountable, which I think really helped as well. Also, like I said, I hated running and I really want to emphasize that because I think a lot of people, the narrative is that they loved running and running comes super easy to them. And whenever I would hear that when I wasn't running and knew knew that like, oh, they loved running, it comes super easy to them. I hated running. It doesn't come easy to me. It was like a cop out of my mind for me to be like, oh yeah, running isn't for me. So I really want to say the other side of the narrative. I hated running. I really did. I used to do it and I liked it when I used to do it, but then I stopped and then I hated it because it was hard for me. It did not come easy to me. It was not natural to me. I I wasn't a good runner. And then once I started, I really started to fall in love with it. I loved how it made me feel. I loved the routine of it. I loved the accomplishment of it. And my favorite part about running is that when I run, my phone is literally the last thing I think about. Whoever is texting me cannot bother me in that moment because I'm on a run and the only thing I care about is finishing that run. The world could literally be ending and it does not matter to me in that moment. Like whatever is on my phone can absolutely wait and it absolutely does not matter. And that is the only time I have that mentality. I like to say that I think about that stuff a lot. And I like to say that like, that's how I try and live my life every moment. But when I'm on a run, it literally doesn't matter. If my business needs me, if my mom needs me, if anyone needs me, they have to wait until I'm done. And that is the only time I ever truly feel completely disconnected and totally free from my phone, which is a a super freeing feeling. And I think that's a big reason why I love it so much. The only thing that genuinely matters is that run. It's, a re- it's an awesome feeling. It's also really awesome accomplishing miles with your own two feet. It's really cool knowing that like where your body can take you and what your body can do. I also really like that running is low maintenance, meaning all you need is a pair of shoes and you can go out and run. 
Um, it's nice knowing that I can walk out my front door and get six miles in and come back and have an awesome workout essentially for free. You know, you don't need a gym membership for this. You don't need to pay for this. You just go out and do it. It's really awesome. So I ended up really loving running and loving the experience of it, loving what I've learned from it, what I've picked up from it. It's just something that I really, really enjoy. And um, I just feel incredibly accomplished and incredibly proud of myself after every single run, whether it's one mile or 13.1. I've always felt proud afterwards. And that's a really awesome feeling. So once I got that momentum under me, it was easy to keep going. It's very easy to break momentum. It's harder to stay in momentum. So once I was in it, it was an active. What I mean by momentum in that sense is that like if I was on a roll running a couple days a week at a time, I had to actively stay in that. I had to actively be like, okay, I'm going to go for a run tomorrow as well or the next day after that. It's super easy to be like, oh, I'm not going to run today. And then the next day, be like, oh, I'm not going to run today. And then the next day, oh, I'm not going to run today either. And then suddenly before you know it, it's a week before, it's a week until you're, until you ran last. You know what I mean? It's really, really easy to break the momentum. It's harder to stay in it sometimes. So the, the hardest part for me was staying in that runner's momentum and staying in the training for it. And the runs themselves would do the work in the run. And it was easy to get lost in long runs. Um, and that I think was really interesting. Everyone always said like long runs are going to be easier than short runs. And I thought everyone was crazy, but they were right. Long runs are so much easier mentally than long, than short runs. And let me explain why. When you're in a long run, you're in it and you know, like, all right, I'm going to be in this run for a mile, for an hour, two hours. Like yesterday I ran two hours and 20 minutes. Like I know I'm going to be in this run for a while. So I'm just going to sink in, lock in and just cruise, right? When I go out and do a four mile run, it's two miles out, two miles back. That to me is such a short run that it's like 40 minutes. Like let's just get this done and over with. Like it's quick. Four mile runs are so much harder to me than a half marathon because my mind isn't in it. My mind is like, this is so quick. Let's just like get it done and over with which is the total wrong way to go about thinking about it. But it's so interesting. Running is so mental. It is completely a mental sport. And if my mind isn't in it, if my mind isn't like, all right, four miles in and out, like let's go. I have to sink in and be like, all right, I'm in a 40 minute run. Sometimes that helps thinking about minutes rather than miles. I'm in a 40 minute run, like sink into this 40 minute run. But if I think like two out, two back, I'm like, oh, let me breeze through it. And it's really hard. But 13.1, I'm going to be in it for a while. So let me just enjoy it. It's a lot easier to go longer than it is to go shorter, which is super interesting. I found that like my sweet spot for running is six miles. Six miles is a great distance. It's just long enough where I can get completely lost in my run. It's long enough to where it's super challenging, but it's also short enough where my body isn't beat up afterwards. I don't feel taxed physically. Um, I feel like I had a really great run. I accomplished an awesome amount of miles. So will I continue running? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to shoot for like two or three days a week. And I want to go six miles whenever I go out, which is awesome to say. Like I started at two miles and I was like, man, this is the longest ever. I remember my first three mile run. I was literally coaching myself through it. It was so hard. 
And now to say like six miles is like the perfect length for me. It's really awesome to say. And it's a, it's a really big accomplishment. I remember my first six mile run, Brandy and I did it. And I was like, wow, that was an awesome run. It just felt really good. I feel really good at six miles. It's long. I can get lost in it, but I don't feel physically taxed afterwards. Like my legs can still move. I could teach a spin class that night. I can go about my day. And it's a great mental push. Six miles is awesome. So I will absolutely keep running. And like I said, I think I want to do like two or three days a week, six miles whenever I go run. It was awesome. So um, let's talk about my running training program. I know a lot of you guys want to hear my split and this is exactly my split. All right. This is exactly it. Before I begin, um, let me just explain a couple of things. So there are, so the way, so this is the split and the schedule that I had. And then I'll explain like what I actually ended up doing because I did not follow this to a T, but it's a really great training. So my mom created this training program for me um, because she used to be a huge runner. She ran multiple halves. She ran the New York Marathon. She started Girls on the Run in multiple elementary schools in the area. Like my mom was a mega runner. So when I told her I was doing the half, she was so excited for me and immediately whipped up this training program, which was awesome. So this is a 15-week program. Um, you could probably make it 14 weeks if you want to, but I really liked the split. So it was 15 weeks. I started training, um, I think like the third or second week of August and it was awesome. So let me explain. There are four types of runs here. There's an easy run, which is exactly as it sounds easy. Pace doesn't matter. And this is typically after a long run and you just want to recover and get some miles in, but go easy. So that was, there's an easy tempo. Then there is tempo one and tempo two. Tempo one is a 15 second per mile, sorry, 15 second per minute pace. Okay, let me just read my mind real because I'm not saying this right. 15 second per minute faster than easy pace for the entire run. So if I had a four mile easy run and I was running 1045s, that means on my tempo one run, I want to run 1030 a mile. That makes sense? And then there's tempo two. Tempo two is 30 seconds per minute faster than the easy pace for the entire run. So if my easy run is a 1045 mile, I want to run 1015 for a tempo two run per mile. That makes sense? That's what that means. Then there's a speed workout. Speed workouts are typically done on a track. And for example, it'd be like if I was doing um, four speed, it would be 16 laps, four laps of a warm-up, eight by 200 with 200 recovery and a four-lap cool-down. And then there was long runs. And long runs, I pretty much took at an easy tempo. So that's pretty much how it was. So I'm going to go through week by week. This is for a half marathon. And this is for someone that can start running at about two miles. So week one, um, the days in here that I would run would be Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays and Sundays. Tuesdays were my easy runs. Thursday were tempo runs. Friday was, was speed work and Sunday was long runs. So here's what, here's where it was. Week one, Tuesday, two easy. Thursday, two tempo one. Friday, two speed. Sunday, three long for a distance of nine miles that week. Week two, three easy, two tempo one. Two speed, 
four long for a total of 11 miles. Week three, four easy, two tempo, one, three speed, four long for a total of 13 miles that week. Week four, four easy, three tempo, one, three speed, five long for a total of 15 miles. Week five, four easy, three tempo, one, four speed, six long for a total of 17 miles. Week six, five easy, three tempo, two, four speed, seven long for a total of 19. Week seven, five easy, four tempo, two, four speed, eight long, total of 21 miles that week. Week eight, four easy, three tempo, two, three speed, five long for a total of 15. So we would increase and then we would deload a little bit. Week nine, five easy, four tempo, two, four speed, eight long, mile of 21 or a total of 21 miles. Week 10, six easy, four tempo, two, five speed, nine long, total of 24 miles. Week 11, seven easy, five tempo, two, five speed, 10 long for a total of 27. Week 12, eight easy, five tempo, two, five speed, 11 long, total of 29 miles that week. Week 13, eight easy, five tempo, two, five speed, 12 long, total of 30 miles that week. Week 14, four easy, three tempo, two, three speed, seven long, mile of 17. Week 15, which is race week, four easy, three easy, two easy, 13.1, which is the race. And that was my training split and my exact training program for my half that my mom created. Now, when she first sent me this back in August, let's see, I started August 9th. When I first started, I would see these and I was like, man, I'll never get there. I honestly thought that I wouldn't do it. I, I saw like the 12 long, the eight long, the seven long, the eight easy. And I'm like, who does eight miles for an easy run? That's absolutely crazy. So I genuinely did not think I would do this, but I did it. I ran the race. Now, let me say what I actually did. I did not follow this training program. Not one bit. I did for like the first two weeks. Okay. I didn't miss a run for like two weeks and I felt really good about it. But here's where I was having a hard time. Having my long runs on a Sunday was really hard for me because I normally took Sundays off, meaning I teach spin on Mondays. I was supposed to run on Tuesdays. I was off on Thursdays. I was sorry. I was off on Wednesdays. I was supposed to run Thursday, Friday. I teach spin on Saturday and then I had a long run on Sunday. That was a lot of volume for me, especially when I wasn't used to running this much. So long run Sundays were really hard for me. And a lot of time my long Sunday runs would become my Tuesday runs. So I was doing like my long runs typically on Tuesdays, which obviously my training program didn't say to do that, but I was like moving a lot of my long runs to Sundays. Now, the only time that I actually ever did a long run on a Sunday were like a couple runs in the beginning when I would do them like at the beach. And my long 
12 and my 10. Everything else I pretty much did on Tuesday. Like my long eight, I did on a Tuesday. And I didn't hit long runs every week either. Like I would say like every other week I was hitting long runs because like if I missed seven, I knew that next week I would hit eight. But if I could run six, I could run eight. Like that was my mentality. Like I knew once I hit a certain distance, I was able to run two miles more than that. Because again, like I knew this whole time that running was heart and lungs. And my heart and lungs always felt really, really good. Um, Once Brandy and I hit eight miles, which we did on a Tuesday morning, once we hit eight, we were like, all right, we can totally do this race. Like hitting eight for us was our benchmark. And we were like, we so got this after eight. I knew after my first six that I felt really good that like I could do the, the half marathon. But I also knew that six is only half of what the distance I had to run. But running eight, I was like, all right, if I can do eight, I can do 10. And if I can do 10, I can do 13. And that was really like the mindset there. So once I hit that, I felt really good. I, on average, honestly, probably ran like once a week, to be completely honest, like averaging it out was running like once a week. Um, I was really consistent in the beginning when it was like twos, threes, fours, fives, and like sixes thrown in there. Once it became like sevens, eights, sixes, fives, fours for like my, my shorter runs, it became very intimidating to me. And when it became intimidating, I didn't run as much because I was like, this is a lot. And it was freaking me out, to be honest. I was like, this is a lot. And I don't think this is like right for me. I don't know. It just felt like a lot of miles quickly. So I, I'm excited to be done with the training program to run a couple days a week without pressure of like an upcoming race and to run six miles. I really am. Like, that's what I'm very excited for. Um, but yeah, I would, say, I would say like once or twice a week, I was like running. I would skip about every other long run and just pack on the miles going forward. And um, if I had to redo this again, what I would do is I would probably run three days a week instead of four or have four planned out. I'd have three planned out. And I would probably take out, I mean, the speed work was cool. But I didn't like waking up and going to a track. So I might take out speed work. Um, and what else? What days would I run? Because Sundays are honestly a little bit hard for me to do runs. Because I do like to have lazy Sundays. So I would probably do it so that Mondays I spin. So I wouldn't run on Mondays. I would do long runs on Tuesdays. I would take Wednesday off and then I would run Thursday and I would run run Friday. That's probably what I would do. I would do Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and then leave Sundays off and same with Wednesdays. Um, and that to me is like a good split. If I just wanted to do two days a week, I'd probably just do Tuesday, Friday, if I had to guess, um, of runs. But that's probably what I would do going forward. Um, and that to me is just like a little bit more manageable. Now, obviously when you're training for a race, you're going to have higher volume of runs because you're training for something as opposed to like right now I'm not training for anything. So I can like run leisurely, do whatever I want, but I'm going to sign up for another half marathon. Like, don't worry. Will I run a full marathon? Probably. It's not an immediate goal right now, but like I probably would. Like I remember yesterday, like when we were um, climbing up the hill on mile 12, I was like, man, this is only halfway of a marathon. Like people are running the 
Philly Marathon right now as I'm recording this because the Philly Marathon's on Sunday and my half was on Saturday. So people are doing it right now. Like it's 1127 in the morning. So people are doing this right now. God bless them. They rock for that. Um, so yeah, I'll probably do it one day, but I'm in no rush to get there. I'm really enjoying the process of where I am now. Um, but anyway, that was my training schedule and that's what I actually ended up doing. And this is what I would do in the future. So I hope that kind of sums, sums it all up. Um, I wanted to also talk about gear that I used. So the shoes, I started in on cloud. I think they were called the cloud swift shoes. And I started on those. And as soon as I would hit mile six, my legs would start hurting in those. So I knew I needed new shoes. So I got the Hoka Clifton eights and I like them. Um, I wish they were cuter. I feel like Hoka's like aren't in like cute designs. So I wish that they were a little cuter. That's why I like on clouds. I think they're pretty cute, but they were too flat for my feet. And I definitely needed like more cushion. Once I got Hoka's too, I noticed my pace increased and um, I was told that Hoka's actually shave like minutes off your miles because the way that they're designed really help you run like heel to toe and it just keeps that momentum going when you're in stride. So I definitely noticed that like my pace did increase the first time I ran in Hoka's. I was running like nine minute miles and I was like, what the hell? Um, and I do think it was because of my shoe. I wasn't doing anything different, but I was like totally cruising that day. I think I did like an eight that day and I was just totally cruising. So um, I ended up in Hoka's and I really did like them a lot. Headphones. Whenever I run with headphones, I have the worst runs ever. And let me tell you why. I focus more so on the podcast I'm listening to or the music I'm listening to and associate that with the distance I'm running. And it just makes everything go slower. So what I like to do is run with nothing. No music, no podcast, nothing. And I just like to run. Because that, again, allows me to get just completely lost in the run and remove myself from my phone, media, any sort of outside sources. I love just being lost in a run. And it's so much easier to run with nothing. Like yesterday when we noticed people would be struggling in the race, they were all listening to headphones. And I'm not saying that's why. But we wanted to tell all of them, like, take out your headphones. It's so much easier without headphones in. Um, so I really, really like running no music, no nothing. I will bring my phone with me like on my arm strap just because like I don't like being out on a trail, not being tracked. Like people have my location on my phone. So like God forbid anything happens. I like that people can know where I am. And that's pretty much the reason why. Also just like in case of emergency, if any of my phone is there, but I don't even remember it's there. I, like I say, black out without my phone, like on these runs. So it's just, it's awesome, but I do keep it with me like on um, an arm strap that I got on Amazon. Another thing that I recently started that I liked is G1M Sport. Um, I got that because obviously Nick talks about it all the time. So I got it and it's a really great source of electrolytes when I'm done just because like when I'm done, my face is covered in salt. So that just like really replenishes me and I like it a lot. It tastes really good. It's very watered down. So it's not like super strong in flavor, which I really, really like. It's just very refreshing. Um, so I really do like G1M Sport. Other than that, that's really the only year I wanted to talk about. Shoes, um, I like them. Headphones, I don't need them. And G1M Sport is really cool. What I run in really varies. Um, one time I ran in, well, my favorite running shorts for the summer 
are free people running shorts and they're like the super short shorties and I love them. But since the race was in winter, I was running in leggings and um, I ran yesterday in, in movements, but my favorite Lululemon leggings to run in are the power through leggings. I think those are awesome. Um, they're like the best ever. So I love running in those, but mine were both dirty. So I did not run in that yesterday for the race, obviously. Um, in movements are probably my second favorite. Guys, I ran one time. I ran my 10 in Lululemon um, biker shorts. I think it was like a six inch seam. And they completely cut open my legs, like totally chafed my legs, totally cut them open. So I will never run in those again. Super weird, weird though, because I like spinning in them. But for some reason, like they just did not like that run with me, which is weird because I've also run in them before. But I guess anything over like a four mile run in those just doesn't really work with my legs. So I won't be running in those again. I also really like the Brooks um, running shorts. I got those at a running store by me and they're really, really comfortable um, I like them a lot, but my favorite are probably the free people running shorts. Um, they're super tight, super, super short and super cute. Very flattering. I like them a lot. Um, let's see. That's really it. Um, I don't have like a favorite jacket or favorite like shirt to run in. Um, honestly, anything from like Lululemon running, I'll run in. I think that they have really good running stuff. I feel like Lululemon, like even though they were started as yoga brand, I feel like they've really developed into like a top notch running brand. So a lot of their running stuff is very good. I would definitely recommend it. Um, but yeah, that's really it. I don't have any gear that I was like obsessed with, but I did just want to mention like a couple of things that I, uh, that I used throughout. Um, that's pretty much everything I had written down. Marathon was yesterday, how I feel, how the marathon went, why I decided to run. I used to hate running, my running training program, what I actually ended up doing, gear, what I learned. I like that running is the only time my phone truly doesn't matter. And will I continue to run? I'll absolutely continue to run. I guess that's pretty much all of my notes that I had written down. Um, the only takeaway that I want you guys to take away from this is that you can totally run. Anyone can run. I've seen so, I saw all walks of life yesterday and it was just so inspiring, so awesome. The atmosphere, the environment, the culture of the race yesterday was just so incredible. And I'm absolutely going to do it again next year. And I'm going to do more between now and then. And it was such an incredible experience. I'm absolutely going to keep on running. I'm super thrilled to be part of this like running culture now. I feel like it's such like a big society. It was it was just super cool. And if you, if you even want to consider doing it, if it's even been a thought in the back of your mind, I say just go for it and go do it. What's the worst that happens? You fall in love with it and you enjoy it? Like seriously, what's the worst that's going to happen? Just try it. Go for it. Give yourself a chance. Go all in on yourself. It was super awesome. And you guys really did keep me going. I got so many messages throughout the past couple of months asking how my training was going, saying that you guys were runners. I truly didn't know how many people were runners until you start talking about it. Running is really cool because it's such an individual sport. But there's so many people that do it. So you just feel like you're part of a giant team that's worldwide. It's a really, really cool experience and something that I'm just really happy to be a part of. Um, it was it was, it was, was just awesome. So yeah, that was my half marathon. And this is the episode you guys have been waiting for. And here it is. So guys, thank you so, so much for all of your support over the past couple of months. I'll definitely continue to talk about running on this podcast and um, in the future on my Instagram, everything like that. So Guys, go for it. Go run a mile today. Have some fun while you do it. 
And thank you again for all of your support. And I'll talk to you guys next Monday. I hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving. My next episode, I'll talk all about my Thanksgiving. And yeah, I love you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy your week and happy holidays, everyone. It's officially Mariah Carey season and Michael Buble season. All right, bye guys. Have a wonderful week. 